a mama needs to know that her identity is not in how her children turn out. Her identity is in Christ as beloved, cherished, forgiven, loved, held, all those beautiful things. And so a mama has to separate her identity from her child's behavior. And then she has to understand that for some of our kids, this is their journey. If it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to search it out, then Queen, we have a few questions to ask and a few conversations to have. I am your host, Liv Dooley, and I cannot wait to introduce you to some of the women who inspire me to fall more deeply in love with the word of God and worship in everything. I am so grateful you were here. Let's go on and get to work. Hey y'all, it's me Liv and I just want to say that I am so honored that you are here for another conversation of the best kept secret. As we near the close of our season, I cannot thank you enough for the time that you have spent with me as we have traveled through the books of First and Second Samuel. And I want to thank each and every one of you who have shared this podcast on Instagram, who have shared it on Facebook, on social media, and have just helped us to continue to cultivate this community. I am really excited about what God has in store for us as I look forward to 2024. And today, I am going back into the archives to pull out a podcast review from my friend and former coach, Allie Worthington. She says, I love how Liv is stepping into her role as a coach by helping so many women prepare for greater opportunities in life, business, and ministry through this podcast. Great listen. I am just so incredibly thankful for each and every one of you who have left a review. You still have time and you always will. It would be just uh, just such a blessing to read your words. So please take a moment to do that if you haven't yet left a review. Today, I am really grateful for the conversation that we have at hand, particularly amongst all of the conversations about deconstruction and how to navigate that as well as the overall rebellion that some children like myself go through. I have seen so many mamas model how to worship in spite of the rebellion that their children have displayed toward the God that they have taught them to worship and that they have trusted their lives with our Savior, Jesus Christ. And I'm so grateful for those women who remind us that our God is always near, that he is with us in all of it, and that he hears our prayers. I know I personally caused my mother a lot of concern when I was in college, and she continued to pray for me. Even after I got out, although our relationship improved moderately, I was still a pretty rebellious and stubborn child. And I've shared before in other interviews that I've had the opportunity to be invited to speak about that my mom had a really 
intimate relationship with the Lord. And I believe that one of the strategies that the enemy introduced into my life was to cause strife and division between our relationships so that I would fail to recognize the benefit of the intimacy that she had cultivated with the Lord. And so one day, my mom, who continued to show up, who continued to offer her presence, who continued to pray for me, went out of town with me while I was on a business trip with a company that I worked for. And on that business trip, I was preparing to ask um, an artist if I could use their work in my book. And we got into this argument. Now, I do take credit for the argument. <laughs> I, once again, was rebellious, stubborn, opinionated. And I had a couple of poor habits that I developed in adolescence that continued to inflict my relationship with my mother. And I remember so very clearly how the Lord convicted my heart. I just joined the prayer team at my church. I just begun to really develop a stronger relationship with him. I was writing my first novel. I was looking to open a nonprofit to teach young ladies about the importance of the word and how to turn to the Lord in our world. And I remember so clearly that he spoke to me and said, you get this together now. You are out of order. You need to learn how to obey, how to submit, and how to respect your mother. And I pulled that car over on the side of the highway and began to pray over our relationship. And I tell you, we have not had an argument since. And I know that it sounds absurd to say that. And some of you might shrug your shoulders and think, well, yeah, you're grown. But if you knew how rebellious I was, if you knew how argumentative I was, you would know what a great work my God has done in our relationship. And so I really hope that you lean into this conversation, regardless of if you are a mama or if you are someone who supports mamas, because there's a lot of wisdom here. And it's something that our Lord cares about. One of the most interesting relationships in all of scriptures, particularly in the books of First and Second Samuel to me, is that between King David and his son Absalom. And that's because when King David failed to correct Amnon, Absalom took everything into his own hands. And once he did so, and he killed Amnon, he ran away to his grandfather's kingdom in Geshur. And after King David finished mourning Amnon, he began to miss Absalom and Joab recognized that. So Joab calls this wise woman of Tekoa in who I absolutely love to study and who I've walked people through various Bible studies about before. And he conceives this plan to help King David become reconciled to his son while maintaining his honor in the middle of this honor-shame culture. But what we see next is what most intrigues me. You see, I understand that Absalom grew more and more rebellious. But what I see when I study the scriptures is that he grew more and more rebellious the more his father ignored him. 
And it is my hope that we begin to learn from both those wise, amazing things that King David did, as well as those foolish and downright stubborn things that he did as well, or rather neglected to do. Ultimately, the relationship that they have ends in a pretty tragic battle. But we'll talk about that a little bit more next week as we discuss how to worship in the middle of the wilderness. For now, I want to invite you to lean into this conversation, pray for the children, the mamas, the papas, the relationships within your life, within your community, within your churches, and to just really trust the Lord to show you how to parent in all of the kindness and the faithfulness, the patience and the self-control that he exhibits toward us. Thank you for being here. It's that time, y'all. My co-host Ty and I are back with another woman you should know. Tiger, what's good? How are you? These women you should know, I, I'm obsessed with them. Basically, <laughs> they're not daddy. Not, not about the Lord, you right. know. But right, but they're they're all right at the top of my list these days. Yeah. So tell us who is the we should know today. Oh, y'all. I want to introduce you to my new friend, Heidi De La Cruz. Heidi and I have been in a couple of different groups on Facebook together for some years now. And this past year, she actually started contributing to the Colorfully Candid Paradigm and the blog that we host. So I believe it was around August that she shared a devotional with us on the spiritual practices that you should incorporate into your life. And it was really, really inspiring. So I'm really grateful for her work, for her writing, for all that the Lord is doing through her. But even more than that, she has a dope podcast called The American Dream in the Eyes of Immigrants. And she interviews people from all over the world, including one of our former favorite guests, Mectis Hadis. So if you are looking for a new podcast to put in your rotation, I definitely want to recommend that y'all check out Heidi De La Cruz. Oh, I love it. And there, there are a couple of things I want to say about Heidi as I was um, looking her up. First of all, she writes poetry. So anybody who writes poetry shoots to the top of my list. <laughs> Um, so she writes poetry and it says she has a poetry book, Words from the Heart. And then also she is the daughter of two Dominican immigrants. And as a Jamaican whose family brought them here to America, I can I can relate. So Heidi, look out for me, all right? I'm coming to join your fan club. <laughs> I love that. I love that. I did not know that she writes poetry. I don't even know how I didn't know that. <laughs> So that is so cool. And I am really, really appreciative for her work. So y'all, we're going to link everything down below. Heidi De La Cruz is a woman you should know. I really admire what Heidi is doing in our world. And I do hope you get connected to her. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to another 
podcaster so that once you finish all of the episodes here this season, you can head over to one of these two women's podcasts and just listen in and be fed in new ways. Pamela Henkelman is our guest today, and she is a life coach for midlife moms, a speaker, a writer, and the host of the Midlife Mama podcast. With her bright smile and enthusiastic personality, she is passionate about encouraging women, particularly the often forgotten group of moms with adult children. Pamela helps these moms navigate their changing roles and build stronger relationships with their grown children. As a mom of five grown kids and two grandsons, Pamela has firsthand experience with the challenges and joys of navigating the empty nest phase of life. She and her husband, who is a pastor, are living their best empty nest life and loving every minute of it. Will you please help me welcome Pamela Hankerman to the best kept secret. All right, y'all. I am just so incredibly grateful to introduce you to one of the women whom I just love collaborating with. She is just a delight to connect to, and I am so grateful for her time today. As we continue the conversation on how to encourage your children who may have turned away from the Lord, I want you to know that this is her life work. Pamela, hello. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Hello, Liv. I am delighted to be here and I'm delighted to touch on this topic that is so tender for a mom. Yeah, it definitely is. I am sure I have lots of friends who are mamas in all different kinds of seasons and I just appreciate the work that you're doing I know that you coach mamas and uh, you've lately started offering support to mamas who have adult children who are struggling with their faith. How did you begin this work? What brought you to this place? Well, as a mama of five adult kids, I remember feeling so unsupported. Um, This transition of releasing your children is as big a transition as becoming a mom And yet no one was talking about it. No one was talking about what it looked like to actually let your babies go. No one was talking about that. You're not responsible to fix them anymore. Like that's their job. And so it just was born out of this desire for these forgotten moms to feel supported. And that's what drives what I do for midlife moms. That is Awesome. I love to hear it. It is such a special, special space that I know is so necessary. I remember when my mom dropped me off for college, she was so sad that the next week she drove like four and a half hours to bring me a microwave. And I was just so confused. I was like, mom, I am out here living my best life. And my dad was like, she's struggling. Please, please give your mother a hug. (laughs) Give her a hug. So, let her bring you everything. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I want to ask you, what is the first thing you want mamas to know when they are watching their ch- children uh, 
live with this struggle in their faith. Um, you know, these are children that have been brought up in the Lord. And yet mm -hmm. as adults, they are maybe deconstructing. They have potentially walked away altogether, picked up other beliefs. What right. is the first thing you want these mamas to know? Oh, the first thing she has to do is face her shame. A woman who loves God and is in the church feels such shame because she felt like she had one assignment. And that one is, assignment was to raise her children in the Lord. And then when they walk away as young adults, she feels like a complete failure. And because of the shame she feels, she, she doesn't feel safe to talk about it. And yet I find over and over again, even in our church, my husband is a pastor. And when I bring it up, it opens a flood. The floodgates open and moms are like, me too. Me too. I'm struggling with this too. And I don't know what to do. So we have to deal with her shame because somehow she thinks she's less than she's failed in every way. And that is not how God sees her. A mama needs to know that her identity is not in how her children turn out. Her identity is in Christ as beloved, cherished, forgiven, loved, held, all those beautiful things. And so a mama has to separate her identity from her child's behavior. And then she has to understand that for some of our kids, this is their journey. <laughs> you know, I always say we're not writing the story because we think that we are. <laughs> As we're raising these kids, we're like, well, this is how it's going to be. And we are so diligent and we run a tight ship. And then we realize, oh my gosh, I'm actually not in charge of their story. God is in charge of their story. And so she, it's an opportunity for a mom to have increased faith in God. If she will run to God instead of getting embittered towards him and, and her, her too running away from God, she will find healing. She will find purpose. If she understands that some of our kids, I can remember when you were in your 20s, we knew nothing. <laughs> we knew nothing. So true. We were just so true. stupid kids. And so we have these kids have to try on ideas. And so we have to let our kids try them on. They're going to try it on for a while. And then you're going to talk to them in a few weeks and they may have another idea. But you're going to keep your cool. You're going to keep your cool. And you say, God, I know you're not done with this. I know you're not done. You know, when I first realized one of my children was really struggling, I had had to go to a Bible study the next day, and I was like, "Oh gosh, what am I gonna? What am I gonna do? What am I gonna do with myself?" Right. Well, right. I'm I'm not really a good pretender. Like you can see my face; it pretty much tells you where I'm at. So I walked into this Bible study, and I just burst into my tears. And my girlfriend is like, "What's wrong?" And I'm like, "Well, one of my kids is in trouble, and I just don't know what to do." And she's like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. And her mom was visiting with her and she was from the South. And she looked at me and she said, well, sweetheart, he's just working on his testimony. <laughs> and I said, that was such a sweet, tender, funny moment. But it also it made me realize that, yeah, you know what? This is not what I wanted their story to be, but it doesn't mean that God isn't in it. And when I walked into the the room to our Bible study, I so clearly heard the Holy Spirit say, I'm going to need you to love him through this. And that has been my calling now for over a dozen years. That's what God calls, that's what God calls us to. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, wow. Thank you for sharing. What uh, what sweet words of comfort. He's just working on his testimony. That is yeah. that is really comforting. I One of my favorite verses reminds us that God is not a respecter of people, that he mm-hmm. or persons, as the uh, King James Version says, he has no favorites. You know, right. he saved us. He rescued us from the depths of those lies that we were entrenched in. And he right. has the mm-hmm. same power to do that. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Mm. You know, you shared that one of the things that you had to do was love him through that. That was what the Holy Spirit put on your heart. And I'd like to ask, what does that look like, practically speaking? What recommendations do you have for those mamas who are really working and praying about how to love their adult children? Right, right. Well, we get get our... um, blueprint for this from the story of the prodigal. You know, we always talk about the prodigal, but we don't talk much about the father. And actually it's the father who we learn from. We get our cues. You know, when the son came to him and said, can I have my inheritance? The father didn't say, no, you can't have it. He's like, yeah, sure. Here, it's yours. Take it. You can go. So the father's heart was immediately surrendered. He didn't fuss. He didn't carry on. He willingly gave it to him and he watched him walk away. And so what, how, how can we do that as moms? We can surrender and we do that through prayer. We do that through getting with God every day and saying, when the worry comes up, when the disappointment comes up, it's just a continual surrender. And then we notice that the father, I think he was watchful. I think he, as he was going about it to stay, I think he was looking. And so we do that also. We wait and we watch and we know that one day this child is going to come down the lane. And then when the child comes down the lane, what did that father do? He embraced him and he says, my child is home. What's lost is found. And he wrapped him in a hug and he said, let's throw a party and give him a robe. And, And so he didn't lecture him about where have you been? (laughs) What have you been doing? You know, the son left and it was a famine that sent him home. And I think for our prodigals, they will find famine in the world. They will find that the choices that they're making don't fill them and they will return. And so we just wait, (laughs) we just wait. And so we keep, I think what we've always wanted to do is just maintain relationship with our kids. Because if you love someone, you want to be with them. I want, when my kids are with me, I want them to feel safe. I want them to feel cherished. It is not my place to judge my child for where they are at. Their relationship with God is between them and God. I am no longer responsible. I did my part. I raised them in the Lord. And I have to trust that God will reach them. Because you think about the story of the good shepherd and what does he do? He goes out and looks for them. And then when he finds them, he puts them on the shoulder and carries them home. And I think God is doing that right now with my kids who are far away. So practically speaking, continue your relationship. Continue to be yourself. You don't have to change anything that you are. Your child knows that you love God. I don't change anything about the way that I am. I don't ever... um, I don't ever lecture my child. I don't ever preach to my child. I want to show him love by the way that I 
talk to him by the way that I make him feel when we're in the same room. And so when I see moms uh, just abandon their children, their prodigals, uh, that's, that's heartbreaking to me. I don't think God is, God calls us to that. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate how you spoke to this space of surrender and how you shared that even as you surrender, you continue to wait, you continue Mm -hmm. to watch. I'd like to ask what kinds of recommendations do you have for the mamas who are waiting and watching while their children are in the middle of that famine and um, how they can, I suppose, show some restraint in some ways to let mm-hmm. God do what it is that he wants to do. Because I'm sure, you know, that you just want to rush in and save that baby because yes. it doesn't matter how old he or she is. That's your baby. What exactly. Can you help? Did you hear? Did you hear? Selah, a study of First and Second Samuel, the study that I have written is now available. <laughs> I am so excited to get this into your hands, but I want you to know that we're not only going to study the scriptures, but we're going to pray together as well. This study includes six video sessions and 30 guided prayers to help us settle into worship. When you visit Amazon, you can find it there, but you can also grab it at livedooly.com slash Selah. And when you go to that webpage, you will find a freebie as well. If you've ever been interested in learning about when King David composed the Psalms and what was going on in his life at the time, I have compiled a little resource for you to really learn more about that in comparison with 1st and 2nd Samuel. Together, it's my prayer that these resources help us enjoy scripture even more. Yeah. Well, first of all, we are not the savior. Remember, we're not the savior, (laughs) you know? And so Mm -hmm. I want my kids to have a real encounter with God. And so my job is to pray. I pray all the time for people to speak into their lives. When I can't, I pray that the Lord would provide someone else to be Jesus to them. I pray that um, they would run into his love. They would just encounter his love in such a unique way that they would know it was him. That was very specific to them. And so what a mama has to do is just work on her own heart. She cannot control her adult child. She cannot, she cannot do anything, but she can guard her heart. She can be tender before God. She can be honest with God, pour it all out. You know, we look at King David. He's our, he was our example of how to lament. And I love that about him. He was so raw and honest and he would just go before God with all his pain and he would pour it out. But then every time he would say, but you, oh God, and then he would recite God's characteristics or character qualities. And so that's what I can do as a mom is I can pour it all out, but then I can remember who God is, remember his goodness and his sovereignty and his power and his ability to transform. And that's what gives me hope. That's what I stand on. So my union with God is everything. It's everything. Honestly, I don't know what people do if they don't have God. That is beautiful. My goodness. 
we have, you know, women of all ages and stages and seasons mm -hmm. here with us today. And I want to ask you for those young mamas or those expecting mamas, those hopeful mamas, mm -hmm. what are some of the most impactful things mamas of young children can do as they raise their children that you found both in your experience and in your work? Yeah, I think first of all, is that we don't have to be perfect. This idea that we have it all figured out, um, to be humble, to be apologetic to our children is such a gift. When we can say, gosh, you guys, I really messed up. I shouldn't have done that. We wanted to create, um, because my husband and I both grew up in very dysfunctional homes. I was from an alcoholic home and he had mental illness in his family. We really were just very conscious about the family that we wanted to create and the safety that we wanted to create. And so we really wanted our family to feel safe, that they could talk to us about anything, that we would have fun together, <laughs> that we would do things together. You know, all of our kids was just, they were home and we just had a beautiful time and we still all love to be together and we all cry when we leave. It's ridiculous. We're spread across four states. So we only get together, you know, two, three times a year. So um, just, and I think I, my, I wish the younger mom in me would have known how gracious God is with me too. And so I could be gracious with myself and therefore I could extend that grace to my children. I ran a tight ship. I, I had five kids and a ministry wife and we were getting things done. And so I would have slowed down. I would have, you know, I think I did a good job of of making life fun and, and stopping for fun and making sure we have fun. Yeah, that is wonderful. And I love seeing your pictures of you and your family. You really, <laughs> you all really look like you enjoy one another and it just comes through. So I know that it's definitely been freeing for someone just to know that God is gracious. You don't have to be perfect. Yeah. He is in that thing <laughs> with you. I know that's helping some mamas. <laughs> I suppose I really do want to ask you, you know, you shared a little bit about how you have to be tender um, before God and kind of just lay it all out there with him. I imagine it can at times be really hard to hold on to that hope, especially at times when it seems as if you know, some things are getting worse the more mm -hmm. you pray. I, I always mm -hmm. think of, you know, the time where Jesus came down from the mountain and once he rebuked the demon and the little boy whom the father had brought, the boy actually went into convulsions and it seemed to get worse. Yeah. And so I want to ask, you know, that spiritual warfare is the opposition we encounter that attacks our intimacy and our authority yeah. in Christ Jesus. What yeah. would you recommend to help women stay in that place or to, to continue bringing um, everything before the Lord? Yeah, I think it really has to do with intimacy. Do we, do we meet with God because we have to or do we meet with God because we want to? And we've built this rich relationship. Like meeting with God is like talking to a dear friend. It's not an obligation. It's an opportunity. And um, cultivating vulnerability, I think, is such a gift. Because um, when we are vulnerable with God, that's when it gets really good. <laughs> when, we are, when we are honest and, you know, vul vulnerability 
breeds connection. It just leads to connection. It just, it's so powerful. And God already knows everything I'm thinking and feeling when I'm mad, when I'm glad, when I'm angry, when I'm, when I'm disillusioned, when I'm about to lose hope. <laughs> I'm tenacious. Let me tell you that. <laughs> and I will not, I will not quit. I will not give up because maybe that's my personality. Maybe I've seen God do too many big things. So I am willing to wait for the miracle. And so I'm not quitting because the alternative seems really sad. <laughs> Mm, that's good. That's good. Hold on to hope, sis. Hold mm. on to hope. God is faithful. As we prepare to kind of conclude this part of our conversation, I wanted to ask you, what is one word of wisdom you have um, for the mama that you want to encourage to continue worshiping? What does, what does it mean to cultivate a lifestyle of worship to you? What does that look like in your own life? Yeah, I think there are different reasons. Like we have these kind of a box view of worship. Well, worship is when I go to the church building and I raise my hands and I'm like, I feel like the Lord showed me so many years ago that worship is just everything that we do, everything that we give him. When we invite his presence into folding laundry, into cooking the 5,000th meal for our family, when we, um, when we invite him into our work and when we're, when lately I've been seeing worship as warfare, when I'm frustrated with a project and I don't have the technical skill, I will just raise a hallelujah because the enemy mm. I know wants to take me out because with his lies about who I am and my ability. And so now I just, I just praise God in his face and he leaves me alone you know, resist the enemy and he will flee. And I think worship is one of the best ways to resist the enemy. That's right. And it's as simple as raising a hallelujah. It is as simple as to speak out, you know, those praises. So that was incredibly practical. Thank you. Especially Mm -hmm. for the ministry mamas, the women in ministry who, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, I have to work on this project for the church. I have to do this for the ministry. And it's like, well, actually, Actually. look at that, (laughs) is ministry. You're speaking Amen. of marriage now. <laughs> <laughs> our ministry to our husbands. We could talk about that all day. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. I know that you really, really make a life out of this. The Lord has just given you a beautiful ministry as you minister to mamas through your coaching and through your your course. Can you tell yes. us a little bit more about where people can get connected to you, where they can get connected to your course and your coaching services, all the things? Yes, I have launched. Um, it's called the Moms of Prodigals course. Uh, uh, excuse me, it's so new. <laughs> the Moms of Prodigals program, a course to inspire hope. And that will that releases three times a year. And it's a six-week program with six modules just to help moms um, gain some healing and some skills in how to relate to the prodigal well and how to reconnect with God. And so I'm just so excited to offer this. And then my coaching, I'd offer one-on-one coaching. And I just love helping these moms. You know, a lot of moms, they don't know how to have boundaries with their grown kids. A mom said to me the other day, I just didn't know that I had permission to stop momming once they were grown. <laughs> you know, that they, they don't know how to switch that off. Um, a lot of moms don't know how to find their purpose after their kids are grown. 
it's really hard for them because they were so um, tied to their role as mother that they've kind of lost themselves. So this season after your kids are gone is such a beautiful season of self-discovery and finding a purpose. And who knew that God had this for me all those years that I was raising our five kids, that I would become a writer, a coach, and a podcaster, and a course creator. Like, didn't see that coming, Lord. <laughs> but here we are. Yeah, yeah so you can Absolutely. find... Yeah, you can find all my stuff at PamelaHinkleman.com. And I host a weekly podcast called the Midlife Mama Podcast, where I just offer 10-minute little tips and tricks for moms. And it's it's just so fun. Yeah, I will link all the things down below. And I thank you for the reminder that he wastes nothing. <laughs> everything, everything is meant to glorify him. And when you use those things after having been present in those seasons, you know, he just expands, enlarges, accelerates all the things. So I will definitely be linking those resources that you've shared down below for everybody to just click because I already know awesome. all <laughs> connected. Can we ask you a few secrets before we go? Please. <laughs> Never know what kind of response I'm gonna get. I don't, well, I don't know. You know, I'm a I'm a fun girl. I'm I'm up for anything. Yes. <laughs> Me too. Me too. The first one I want to ask you is in this fast-paced culture, what kinds of things, what kind of rhythms, affirmations, or anything do you surround yourself or include in your schedule to help you slow down? Ooh, girl look out. <laughs> I have been studying Sabbath for many years. And a couple of years ago, my husband, the pastor and I began a legit Sabbath. So every Friday we Sabbath and I'm telling you, Thursday night rolls around and we just, oh, we're like tomorrow, we don't have to do anything. We don't plan. We don't answer emails. We don't do any work of any kind. We don't strategize. We don't help anyone from church. We rest. We make love, we cook good food, we just spend time together and it is the best rhythm. Don't think that you can't rest because it's a lie. I am so anti-hustle. I am just sick of it, probably because I'm old and I'm tired. <laughs> just, I'm just over it. <laughs> Yeah, I feel you. There, there's been research lately about just like the hustle fatigue, and yes. I'm grateful that we're talking about that because ugh, yeah. ugh we're all <laughs> sick of it. But that yeah. just sounds phenomenal. Oh my goodness, that sounds like such a good time. I will tell you that I just, I just started waiting to respond to emails like this month. And it's Good always job. been a desire of mine, but it's like something in me. It's like, I have to respond. Yes. <laughs> no, you don't. I'm really it's called a boundary. It's, just... it's called a boundary. <laughs> it's been it's been really refreshing. I'm hoping that I can hold on to it. <laughs> you can do it. You can do it. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'd like to know... Uh, Let's see. What are some of my other ones? What do you do on a day off? You know, let's say that this one has been planned, maybe a little vacation or something like sky is the limit. What are you doing on that day off outside of even maybe your Sabbath? Yes. If it's summertime, we are in the convertible. <laughs> I love the convertible. It's so tiny. You can't even fit anything like you can't pick bags or anything. We can't go overnight anywhere, but it's just so 
fun. I just love time with my husband, you know, after almost 36 years of marriage and raising 30 years of active parenting, we're just so tickled to have time together. And we did a really good job of cultivating our marriage all these years. And so this season just feels like a gift. It's just a gift to focus on each other. And yeah, we're, we're ridiculously in love. It's lovely. Mm -hmm. I love that. Oh my goodness. There are some people that I adore. I just adore listening to them talk about their marriages and their husbands. And you are definitely one of those. I'm like, teach us, teach (laughs) us, just keep talking. (laughs) And I also love that your testimony is one that is countercultural to what we hear in the culture today. A lot of times about the empty nest syndrome Mm -hmm. and, you know, the falling out of love or the recognizing that you're not in love and your lives have been wrapped up in the children. Yeah. 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 We really have to learn how to do that differently. Like pay attention to your spouse, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. cultivate it all along. Yeah, that could be another course, just so you know. Okay. (laughs) Also, I'll make note of that. (laughs) Thank you. I appreciate that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I know all y'all sisters are laughing. Y'all already know your girl. She's listening very closely right now. Okay. (laughs) But you you know what? My husband, let, let me tell you that we're very different. And so we've had years of growing and learning. So it wasn't always this easy. So know that it takes time. It takes time and intentionality and healing and all these things, you know? Yes. Thank you. You can do it. You can do it. I appreciate it. it. Thank you. Thank you. One day I'll be talking about my husband like you're talking about yours. You will. (laughs) (laughs) Just singing. (laughs) You will. Oh my goodness. Well, I thank you so much. Is there anything else you want to share with our sisters who are listening in today as we prepare to head out? I think I just want the mama to know that it can be normal that our adult kids will wrestle with their faith. It's okay. It doesn't mean that you failed. You just simply hold on to God and you love them through it. And that is the bottom line because love is what heals. Love covers over sin. It it doesn't allow, it's not, it's not licensed, but it gives room for God to move. It gives room for God to do the healing, for the Holy Spirit to come in and change a person. Last I checked, we're not responsible for changing anyone. We're really not very good at it, <laughs> but God can. But I can, I can make my child feel safe and let them know that love, love is a part of their life. And so I want my love to lead my child to God. Beautiful, beautiful. Would you pray for us as we prepare to head out? I would love to. Lord Jesus, we praise you and thank you. I lift up every mama who is listening, whether she has littles or middles or big kids, God. I thank you that you see her. I thank you that you see every moment that she worries and cries and wonders what's going to happen. I see. I know that you see the mama who is wrestling even now with a prodigal. And I, I thank you, God, that you call us to yourself. First of all, you call us to you as you put the pieces back together and you shape us and you form us and you mold us and you make us new. Help us be mamas who never lose hope, who never doubt your goodness, who trust in your faithfulness, your steadfastness, and your sovereignty. Sovereignty. 
We just bless you, Lord. Amen. Amen. And amen. That conversation was good for my soul. I pray that you can say the same. If there's anything that resonated with your heart, would you please head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Audible and leave a rating and review. It will truly bless this podcast more than you know. Now, in the meantime, I am on Instagram at Candid Live, and it would be an honor to connect with you there. Talk to you soon. Love you.